Well, so happened? where I was on 9-11 is I was sitting in a, a little dark room. And it actually didn't even have windows <laughs> over at the, uh, at the Hebrew University. And um, I was working at the time as a researcher for, uh, you know, I was doing my master's and also had a research job at, uh, at the, on what's called the Hebrew University Bible Project. Mm. And I probably had the most boring job in the world. My job was at that time was to uh, take a, a text of the um, of the Tanakh that was going to be printed as a printed Bible, and to compare it uh, down to the finest detail with the Aleppo Codex. Now, the Aleppo Codex is considered the crown jewel of Hebrew manuscripts. It's the most important manuscript, uh, considered the most accurate manuscript of the Hebrew Bible. In fact, one professor that Keith and I spoke to recently at the Hebrew University. He, uh, I believe the exact quote was something to the effect of, he said, it's so, it's so accurate that it, it's hard to believe a human being wrote this. It looks as if an angel wrote it. And this is a person who's not speaking as, as, a, as a believing Jew. And I don't mean believing as a messianic. I mean, he's not, not even speaking, at, even though he may have some, maybe a, a, a religious Jew in his own right, meaning have faith of his own, whether he does or not, you know, that's his own private affair. When he was speaking to us in this regard, he's speaking to us as a scientist. And his scientific opinion is that the Aleppo Codex is so accurate that it looks as if an angel wrote it. So my job back then, 10 years ago, almost to the day, was to go through, to, I, I had two, two things. I had on one side, I had these um, photographs of the Aleppo Codex page by page, uh, detailed photographs. Uh, and on the other side, I had this printed text of the Bible. And I was supposed to not only check every single letter to make sure it matched the Aleppo Codex, but every jot and every tittle. Mm. And I'm talking about little dots and dashes that most readers of the Bible, even who are fluent Hebrew speakers, don't even notice. I had to check every little fine detail there. And as I'm doing this, um, one of the things I've been struggling with for a number of years at that point was the pronunciation of God's name. I had all these pieces of the puzzle, but there was one piece of the puzzle that was still missing. Mm -hmm. And that was how to actually pronounce God's name, the name yud heh It's a name that appears in the Hebrew text of scripture 6,828 times. And I knew that this name was written with an incomplete set of vowels in the Hebrew manuscripts. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I had been taught at the university, it was taught as a fact, is that the name yud heh uh, which some people say is Yahweh, um, that that name uh, has the vowels in the Masoretic text, in the Hebrew text of the Bible, has the vowels of Adonai, the word that means Lord. Mm -hmm. And as I'm working through this Hebrew manuscript, and I'm saying, well, it doesn't actually have the, you know, I'd, I'd see this in other Hebrew manuscripts too, I saw that, no, it's not true. It doesn't actually have the, the vowels of Lord. Um, the vowels of Lord, Adonai, would make it something like Yahovah. And that's not the case. That's not the vowels you find in the manuscripts. What you do find is it has uh, what's called the Shva on the Yud, and uh, the Vav has a, a Kamatz, and so you have something like Yehva. And that's impossible in the Hebrew language because the, the letter He, which is like an H in English, the second letter of the word, has no vowel. Uh, associated with it, and and the rule is that essentially every Hebrew letter, every word in, in um, I'd say every consonant in a Hebrew word uh, has to have a vowel. And there's all kinds of exceptions. I won't get into technical things, but basically, that there's a missing vowel in the name of of the Father of creation in the Hebrew manuscripts of the Bible. This was something I had struggled with for a number of years. And uh, that day on 9-11, I was sitting in, in this uh, office, and I was doing the most boring job in the world. Hours on end, I was comparing letter by letter, jot by jot, tittle by tittle. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I come across in a certain place in the book of Ezekiel. It has the name yud heh vav -Hey, And instead of the usual vowels, which are incomplete, all of a sudden, I saw a place in the Aleppo Codex that had a, a full set of vowels. It had all the vowels in the name. And I realized, wait a minute, this is extremely important. 
but maybe it's a fluke. And just as I and the vowel that it had there was the vowel cholam, which would pronounce the name as Yehovah. Mm-hmm. And that made perfect sense as I thought about it, because you have names in Hebrew like uh, that begin with God's name in them. You have these compound names, um, like my name, for example, is Nehemiah, which is really Nehemiahu, mm-hmm. which means uh, Yudhe Vavhe, the Father comforts. Well, there the Yudhe Vav of God's name is at the end of the name. But when you have the, 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 those first three letters of God's name at the beginning of the compound names, it's always Yeho. Like Joshua in Hebrew is Yehoshua. Uh, Jonathan is Yehonatan. Mm-hmm. Uh, John is Yehochanan. So you have all these names that begin with Yeho when the Yudhe Vav is at the beginning of the name. Now let me ask you, in the name Yudhe Vav, in the name of the Father, in the name of God, uh, is the Yudhe Vav, the first three letters of his name, are they at the beginning of his name or the end of his name? Obviously, they're at the beginning, or <laughs> the sure. first three letters. So Yeho made perfect sense, and um, and I thought, and as and as I almost instantaneously, as I saw this Yehovah, and, and like you know, this flashed through my head really quickly, and and um, I get a phone call, and I pick up the phone, and the voice in the other other end of the phone says, "A plane just hit the World Trade Center." And I'm in shock. And I don't have a radio there. I don't have internet. I don't have a, a you know any kind of communication except for my cell phone. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm and I say to the person, I say, well, you know, it must have been an accident. This happened once back in the 1920s. You know, I know like all these little history like pieces of trivia mm-hmm. that you know once a plane hit uh, the the um, by accident hit uh, the Empire State Building. And I'm, I said it sure must surely that's what happened. You know, it must have been a, a mistake. Mm. And so so I hang up the phone and and all I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about the plane that hit the World Trade Center. I'm kind of thinking a little bit about that, but I'm thinking also I need to, I need to know is this a fluke? So you find one time Yehovah in the text. I'm I'm like Gideon. You know, Gideon had a test that he uh, he asked God for a sign for a miracle, mm. and his sign, his miracle, was that um, uh, he took a, a fleece, which means essentially you you know you shave a sheep, and uh, what's left over that shearing uh, that one big clump that's the fleece. He took a fleece and he put it on a threshing floor. And he said, God, show me a miracle where the fleece will be full of water, but the entire threshing floor around it will be dry. And he woke up the next morning, and there was his, mir- there was his miracle. He, he was able to squeeze a whole lot of water out of the fleece. But then Gideon, see, he's like me. Gideon was a Litvak. You know, Litvaks are Jews from Eastern Europe, from yes. Lithuania, and that's where my people came from. Gideon was the original Litvak. So Gideon <laughs> said to God, you gave me my miracle. There's clearly, you know, there was a control, like in scientific control. Mm. The water was only on the fleece, not on the surrounding area. He said, I need another miracle. I need you to have water only on the threshing floor and not on the fleece. He needed the second sign. And so I, like Gideon, needed a second sign. And I started furiously looking through that manuscript, the Aleppo Codex, looking for another example where it had Yehovah with the, with the full vowels, with that missing cholam. And, and what apparently happened, what, se- what it seemed to me ha- that happened, is that as the scribe is writing it, he, he's withholding one of the vowels. And why is he withholding that vowel? Because he was following the ban on the name. And when a Jew would come to that name, yud hey vav hey, he'd see there's not a full set of vowels, and he just wouldn't read that name. Mm-hmm. He'd say, oh, yeah, this is the name I'm not supposed to read. It doesn't have a full set of vowels. You know, it's like if I wrote for you a word in English without the vowels, you'd say, oh, I can't read that word. You know, you might think about it and then say, okay, I can figure out what it is. But your initial reaction would be not to read the word, and that's essentially what they did in Hebrew, and um, and so here I am. Uh, the first plane has just hit the World Trade Center, and I'm looking through this manuscript, the Blackpool Codex, looking for another ca- place that has Yehovah with the full set of vowels, and uh, and thinking about it now, looking back in retrospect, it's a miracle that I found it 
because in the entire manuscript, the name of Yehovah, Yudhe appears in the entire Bible 6,828 times. And, um, and if we compare the, the Leningrad Codex, it's only in less than 1% of the name that the scribes slipped up and put in the vowel O. In all the other cases, he left the vowels incomplete so people wouldn't read it. Mm. And, um, you know, every once in a while, he, he, you know, as he's writing, he wrote it the way he sounded it in his head. Mm -hmm. And this is the point. The scribes knew how to pronounce the name of the father. And there's no, and you know, so they slipped in and put in this O. They never slipped in and put in an E or an uh, or an U or some other vowel. It, mm. it was always the O the missing as the missing vowel that was put in. And so I'm looking through, and the odds of me finding it is 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 very you know not very good odds finding another example because it's less than one percent it might take me months to find another one example but about 20 minutes later i find the second example and just as i find the second example of yehovah with the complete vowels in the aleppo codex i get a second phone call you're kidding but this is you're telling me this is the timing of, of this is events. what this happened is I'm telling you, this, this is the first time that you discovered uh, the the the, the missing vowel and you and you exactly. and you had and I knew there was a missing vowel at that point. I'd known that for for some time already, and 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 I actually kind of felt like um you know in, in the movie the Ten Commandments they uh there's a uh, it's fun it's funny in the movie the Ten Commandments they refer to Jehovah as the God who has no name yeah. and at one point uh uh Pharaoh who or, or Ramses who was at that time Pharaoh's son mm. he he sends Moses out into the desert and he says, I commend you to your God who has no name. Mm. And that's kind of how I felt for a number of years that, you know, I know his name is Yudhe but I don't know how to pronounce it because the, the scribes have conspired against me. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what, what happened. They conspired against us to keep the vowels out. Mm -hmm. they, they removed one of the vowels. And, I'm, and for years I was wishing, I wish God could somehow, you know, reveal to me a way where I could know how to pronounce his mm. name with confidence in a, in a Hebrew source that I can, you know, that when I stand before God on the day of judgment, I won't have to tell him, well, that was my theory, God, of how to pronounce your name. But rather that I could say to him, this is what I found in the Hebrew sources that were preserved by my people. You know, And better Amen. than that, how could I possibly do? Amen. And there I am, and I find the second example. And I, and I get this phone call, and the voice on the other set, end of the phone says, a second plane just hit the towers. Oh, and you know what it reminds me of? Um, when did God reveal his name to Moses? He revealed himself in the burning bush at this very same time when Israel was crying out to him mm. under the bondage of Egypt, when this great tra national tragedy was happening to the people of Israel. And maybe God decided, okay, Nehemiah, you've been praying to me for years, nagging me constantly to reveal my name to you. And he chooses, what time does he choose when there's this international tragedy, a mm. great tragedy for the human race? And maybe, mm. I don't know, maybe that's only significant to me, I don't know, but this is what happened, you know, and, and there's a, Nachmanides had a, had a great saying. He was this Jewish rabbi in the 13th century. Mm. He, he said that uh, hope is born in the very moment of despair. And at least that's what happened for me. Mm. That at, the, at the moment of, of this great human tragedy, mm. that's when God, at least to me, reveals his name. That's incredible. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a verse that maybe we've talked about here on, on the show, a verse that I really love over in Proverbs it says, um, it says, uh, you know, the name, the name of Yehovah is a strong tower. The mm. righteous run into it and are safe. Mm. And uh, and I'm not saying that God's name is, is some kind of magical mantra. Shut We're not up. saying that if you don't say God's name the exact way, then you're going to burn in hell. Or if you don't say God's name in the exact way, then you know you've lost your your salvation, whatever mm. that means. Or, or even that we're, we're not saying that, you know, that there's some kind of greater power in saying it correctly versus mispronouncing it. Mm. 
God's name is not a magical incantation that you have to pronounce exactly right to get the spell to work. You know, that that's paganism. That's something we want to get away from. Mm. And but one thing that did happen on 9-11 that was that Keith told me about this and I rolled my eyes to be honest with you. But then I went and saw it for myself and I was I was awestruck. What uh, happened in 9-11 is there was this tower across the street from the Twin Towers. Yes. Uh, it's this towering church. Um, and it's a very unusual church. And, and some of my Jewish friends out there are, think, are, are getting really nervous. Nehemiah is talking about how a miracle happened in a church. You know, get off the air, stop talking, right? But <laughs> when I first heard this from Keith, I rolled my eyes and said, yeah, that's your Christian thing. You're talking about the church. But then I went and saw it for myself. This is an unusual church. At the front of this church, guess what they have written in Hebrew? They have the name yud Hey vav Hey twice. Really? Written yes. once, once on top. And then once in the front, like lower down, where people can, you know, everybody can see it. And it actually, not only does it have Yudhe Vavhe, but it has a very famous, um, um, you know, sculpture. Uh, and and it's actually this, a sculpture made by the same guy who who designed uh, Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sculpture is a sculpture of Mount Sinai. And at top at the top of Mount Sinai, he ha- he represents the Father as Yudhe Vavhe. So that's what you have at the front of this church. You have a rep- symbolic representation of Mount Sinai with the name Yehovah in there in Hebrew. And what happened on 9-11 is there were people who were running away from the towers as they were collapsing. And a, ho- a bunch of people ran into this church and found refuge there in the place where Yehovah's name was placed. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, and he has a statement in Exodus where he says, in every place where, where I cause my name to be mentioned, there I'll come and I will bless you. Mm-hmm. And people ran into that place where he caused his name to be mentioned in writing, and they were blessed there. And, and you know, say that's a coincidence, say, you know, oh, well, you know, lots of churches have that. And, you know, I don't know. And, you know, I, I don't know. All I know is that is that his name is written there, and, and the people ran into that strong tower, and, and they were safe there. Mm-hmm.